Welcome to Fearless Conversations, a podcast for professional working moms who want to feel more confident, have more impact, and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm your host, former Big Four, certified mindset coach, and mom, Anya Morgan. Listen in to learn how to feel more self-assured, how to own the value you bring in your role, and how to deal with challenging situations easily and drama-free. If you're a mum in professional services who wants to feel better and get more done, this podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you had a great summer. I did have a great summer and now I'm also looking forward to getting back into my normal scheduling and my just normal day today. I love September. It feels to me like really like January. So like new pencils, back to school, back to routine. And I hope you're feeling in that similar fresh September frame of mind too. Um, today I want to talk about imposter syndrome, which in my head, I kind of feel like imposter syndrome is the opposite thing to confident confidence. And if you're listening in to this podcast because you want to feel more confident, you want to feel like you're more of yourself, then I think it's likely that you do feel imposter syndrome, at least sometimes. So let's just go back and define what it is that we know what we're talking about and put it into a structure. Imposter syndrome is a pattern of thinking where we doubt our accomplishments and feel like a fraud despite evidence that we're not a fraud. So the people who experience imposter syndrome, they very often believe that they didn't deserve their achievements, that they've got there by luck or fluke, or that they've fooled people into thinking that they're more capable or intelligent than they actually are. And so they attribute what they have succeeded in reaching to outside things. So luck, right time, right place, particular person but they won't kind of own their own skills and efforts as instrumental in getting them where they want to be and where they now are and they'll have a fear of being exposed that others will finally realize oh they're not who we thought they were the skills and abilities that we thought they had whereby we landed them into that spot they didn't have so i'm going to take it away from them so how I see imposter syndrome coming up the most is I think there's a few buckets we can put it in. The first is career doubts. So not believing you're worthy of the position you have, downplaying the achievements you have, like I said, attributing them to external things that aren't really your own skills or hard work or expertise and experience. The other one is comparisons. So constantly comparing yourself to the people that you work with and finding that you come up short despite having very similar experience, qualifications, achievements. Your default thinking might be that other people are more capable and competent, and that leaves you feeling a bit insecure and putting a question mark over your capabilities and competence. The other thing where I see it is perfectionism. So it's striving for um absolute perfect performance to feel like you can kind of outrun your own fear that you're not good enough by, okay, if I can just make it watertight and perfect and really nail all these things down, then 
I can eliminate all those mistakes or shortcomings that might shine a spotlight onto these imposter syndrome feelings that I'm feeling. So I'm going to eliminate those and just make it perfect. Then there's the fear of being found out. It's like, okay, yes, I did do a really good job on that last transaction, but this next one will surely expose me. This one is going to be the one where I expose myself, where I'm going to blow myself up. And this fear of being found out creates anxiety and stress, which can lead to the perfectionism, or it can also lead to overworking. So again, overworking is kind of can kind of be like perfectionism, this effort to prove yourself, taking on more to demonstrate competence, to prove your competence. And the other thing that I see very regularly too is self-dismissal. So what I mean by that is if I if we're talking about something say that you're very good at and we drill down into it and like notice what specifically you did or what skill set you brought to the table that created an outcome that was a really good one the imposter syndrome side will kind of have us like batting that away and being like oh but doesn't everybody do that or that isn't a big deal it's kind of like downplaying what you're good at so this this kind of thought pattern that's imposter syndrome which affects I think almost everybody and it's regardless of their actual level of competence or their accomplishments or what they're capable of it's that's how it shows up it shows up in other ways too but those are the ones that I would see most commonly and I want you to really take that in here at the top of this um podcast where we're going to be discussing imposter syndrome it's a pattern of thinking and it's not indicative of what you actually are. So what I want to dive into is where it comes from. Why is it that so many of us who are competent and skilled and good at what we do believe that we aren't or that we never were and manage to hoodwink everybody to get where we are? And what makes our skills and expertise and experience and competences so easy for us to negate like what is the root cause of imposter syndrome because I mean there's a lot of mindset work you can do that will definitely help with imposter syndrome but it's like anything I think if you don't know the root cause like where is it coming from to begin with I think it's harder to solve and much easier to solve when we know the root so I want to take you back to when I first worked with a coach I was back to work after maternity leave and feeling like I was really feeling on all fronts. What's discombobulating to think of at this time is how no one else would have seen me that way. They would have said that I was managing very well. I didn't feel that way. I felt like I was hanging on for dear life. I felt all the imposter syndrome. I thought I wasn't a good mum, even though I looked like a good mum. I thought I wasn't a good employee, even though I looked like a good employee. I felt like I was hoodwinking people. I did not feel like I was kind of in grip or imbalance of where I should be on either fronts. And very early into working with a coach, and I've told you about this particular kind of mindset revelation that I had before, but I realized the way that I was using time at work was really bonkers and rubbish. Like the way we used all the hours that we had in the day, it was just BS. Like we're sinking hours into meetings that achieved little, if anything, swathes of time devoted to performative just office shenanigans that didn't move the dial in client work, 
didn't move the dial on giving value to clients or building up a pipeline or build a team or meaningful learning and development. They just were like performative, sitting in rooms, going through motions. But at the end of that procedure, the outcome was almost nothing. And I saw this pretty early on and I saw it very, very clearly. And time was really my scarcest resource in this time of my life. And I was squandering time away to the way that we did things in the office because of this environment and these shenanigans that produced very little outcome, I was wasting time. And that was because the way I had learned to work in my 20s, so pre-kids, pre-marriage, at a time when, you know, most of my friends worked with me, we were having the crack, we went out very often. I could work 70 hours a week without really any terrible consequences. And so I hadn't questioned the way I had learned to work as I was learning it. But what I saw when I was sort of challenging my beliefs, challenging how I did things, was the way that I was working was entirely at odds with the way I like to do things. So the way I like to do things is figure out what's important, make a decision about that important thing and execute the decision. Don't procrastinate on it, move forward, get to the point, trim the BS. Where I'm in a position where I believe that those things are important and valuable, but because of the way things are done, I'm sitting in meetings that aren't structured, have far too many people in attendance, and feel meaningless, then my actions are at odds with what I believe. In my actions, I'm playing a role. I'm actually being an imposter. I'm not being who I am. So if my bottom line is, let's get stuff done, let's make decisions. I wanna be at the kindergarten at three o'clock today. I'm out the door. This is what I was doing 20 hours at the, at the beginning when I was just back. I want to be there. I want to get stuff done. I want to get through these things. But here I am in my actions, not living that belief. I am literally playing a role. I am an imposter. And meanwhile, I'm worried about how much time I have. I'm worried about how many hours there are in the day, but I'm not on my own side with respect to the actions I'm taking. I'm participating in these shenanigans that we put under the umbrella of, oh, that's just the way things are done. I am an imposter when I do that. When the conditioning of the culture we're in, and by conditioning, I mean the prevailing norms in the environment, when the way things are done, you could call them that, has us acting in ways that aren't aligned with what we really believe to be true, then we will feel like imposters because we are imposters. If I have somebody in my team who comes in and tells me the things that I believe to be true. So, Anya, I like to make decisions. I like to execute them. I like to get things done. I like to put a, put a break on procrastination. I like to trim off all the BS. I like no shenanigans. Clients adore that. I would adore that. But here I'm sitting clamping that down and delegating that to the way things are done. I am being an imposter. When we play a role like this, we're being imposter syndromes and imposter syndrome comes from being an imposter. 
So when I opened the Pandora's box and what I thought about time and started into a process with this coach, which I then continued on with, you know, challenging my behavior, reconciling that behavior to the kind of false beliefs that were fueling it. I realized where this, how deep this ran almost everywhere. So laughing at a joke that isn't funny, but the most senior person in the room has said it, imposter syndrome not correcting what someone more senior than me has said that I know to be partially incorrect, but I don't want to piss him off in front of the board. I'm playing a role. Not standing up to a client who has unreasonable demands and isn't fulfilling their side of the terms of engagement because they don't want to piss off the client. That's being an imposter. And when we do this, we experience on the back end of that, thoughts about ourselves that create this massive question mark over who we are and how we got to where we're going. Like, think about this, think about, think about if you share an office with somebody and even though you see them doing great work and they tell you what their principles of work are, you know, I like to, I like to have a, I'd like to have a good work-life balance. I like getting home at a reasonable hour of the day to see my children. I love it when I do high quality client work. I love it when I can cut all the BS and trim the fat from all the work that we're doing and really get to good outcomes. They're good for the team. They're good from the client. And then you hear all that and you're like, God, yeah, I like that. I like what I hear. I'm just like you. But then you see them going out to meetings doing the shenanigans on the phone, on the Microsoft Teams calls, wherever it is they're doing them, that does put a question mark over how you think about that person. You'll be like, really? Like, God, that, something's wrong here. Like, I, I don't know. Like, are you who you say you are? God, how did you, how did you hoodwink me? Like, you would be having those thoughts about that person. And that's what's happening with ourselves when we act like when we sit and perform like that laughing at stupid jokes and not correcting people and not saying what we know to be true and not taking our seat we are putting a question mark over ourselves and how that manifests is in all those things i told you about that are how perform how imposter syndrome looks so what i want to really like underscore like if we were talking here and i was writing this on a board i would now change color of pen and put underlines is we play these roles that we play for the best possible reasons. We don't want to rock the boat. We want to fit in. We want to get along. We don't want to be disruptive. We have learned to work that way. We have learned to, you know, be a good girl, preserve the status quo. But the price that comes on prioritizing those things is very high for us if we're experiencing imposter syndrome and we're battling that chat in our heads of who actually really are we. So the solution, the root cause solution for imposter syndrome, and you've heard this a million times, you've told your children to do this, you've told your friends to do this, you've told your siblings to do this, you tell your husband to do this. The solution to imposter syndrome is be yourself. So easy to say, so much harder to do when all the conditioning we've received seems to be instructing us to do exactly the opposite of that. Don't be yourself, play the role, laugh at your man, cajole your man, make sure you don't make your man feel inferior, 
work the system, play the office politics, position yourself to get in the promotion line, and so therefore prioritize what he thinks of you over everything else, and don't prioritize good client work, which is just crazy. So for me, when I started to be myself, this started with how I was using time, like I told you, how I was presenting myself for how I used my time. So where I was the organizer of a meeting, I put a lot of thought into how I structured meetings, what I needed from people, what follow-up we'd need to have. I very often realized we didn't need to have a meeting at all, like even though my default response would have been set up a meeting, cancel the meeting. Sometimes it would have been just, here, can you meet me at the coffee machine in five minutes? And we'd run down the planning for whatever, like we do, we pre-plan a meeting and then we're all aligned before we bring the team into it. And then other times, because the conditioning runs deep, you'd find yourself back or I'd find myself back in a 90 minute meeting, unstructured, overpopulated, free for all. And how I felt on the other end of those meetings, it wasn't good. You can't use 90 minutes of your time like this and then be late to the kindergarten pickup and know when you're having to log on later that night and not feel a sense that who I'm presenting myself to the world as isn't actually who I am. So the solution to imposter syndrome is, and these, there's going to be, there's three things here. And what you have to see all these through is compassion for why we do the things we do. We do them for the best possible reasons. We do them for conditioning. I'm going to tell you a story in a minute where I'm going to like show you how this plays out in real life. Um, but you have to understand that you do these for very good reasons that are not specific to you. This is conditioning and you performing in line with a role you've learned to play. So the solution is, first of all, notice what you're doing. You're partaking in a role play because that's how you've learned to do things. Just notice that. See it compassionately. I do this because this is how I've learned to work. So even though I think time should be of the essence, even though I think the most important thing we should do at the outset of any client work is get really clear on their priorities, our ability to fulfill those priorities. I know that, and I am still sitting here in a planning meeting, going around the houses with whatever crazy it is that's on that screen. What comes to my mind immediately is the passports of the board of directors on a planning meeting somewhere. The second thing is notice the price of what you're doing. Notice how you feel when you've gone against your intuition or your instinct, or maybe you've swallowed down a comment that you believe to be disrespectful or unfair, or you felt like you were wasting your time by participating in a situation again, really compassionately. Otherwise you won't be able to do this because it'll feel too terrible. If you're doing like berating yourself while you're doing it, it's going to feel awful and you won't want to do it. But we can't change without a reason for changing. Our brain needs to be bought in. So when I saw, and I saw this quickly, like how wasteful I was of time, like literally squandering it. And I wanted to work. I loved being with the children too. My buy-in for, oh, I have to solve for this. I had to see that it was painful, that, that I was participating in a system that had consequences for me in order that my brain would shift gears. So connecting the dots between what you're doing and the consequences it has for you in terms of time, of course, firstly, but 
more than time really it's how you feel about yourself like imagining i'm in the office with me what do i think of me now are my actions lined up with who i say i am and the third step then is to start to behave in line with what you believe and from a place of respect for everybody involved like respect for everybody who is complicit in this situation and it's not easy and i want to tell you something that happened to me recently i mentioned it on the last podcast where i couldn't swallow something that i was being given to swallow and what it felt like so without getting into the details because i don't want to share them here i received a phone call one morning where a person who is part of a community that i'm in was very very cross with me about something and they let me know that they were cross with me they got very very quickly like the voice was raised the tone was very questionable i did not feel like i had done anything wrong and knowing the script as i do i knew what the right answer was here my answer was supposed to be oh my god i'm so sorry i can't believe and oh my god i didn't believe it to be true so i know a lot of people have issues with this person i've thought about how this person behaves a lot and i really knew that what i was being given here was not respectful to me was not appropriate for a person in the position that they were in and so i just said no i don't agree with what you're saying i'm i understand what it is that you are given but no i don't think it was wrong i don't think it was disrespectful and i'm sorry that you felt that that's the way it was and the person was furious with me and let me know that so i didn't though kind of let up like even though like the inclination to was kind of heavy like you do have a voice going on oh, you just like just apologize and get on with it i was like no I'm, I'm not doing that because again i know the consequences of this I can't tell my children to be themselves and point out things that they see are unjust and unfair if I can't do this. So knowing the role that I was expected to play, like super apologetic, grovelly, I did not adhere to it. And I came off the phone and immediately thought that wasn't pleasant, but it was absolutely the right thing to do. So for me, for who I want to be, for the community we share with this person has influence and isn't really running things in a way that many people see to be appropriate. I didn't get disrespectful. I didn't get in any way personal. I felt like I'd handled it like I would like to handle it. But as the day wore on, and you, know, you probably know this too, like, you know, you can start a day with great feeling like very clear and this conversation had happened in the morning, but by like four or five, six o'clock, like you're doing more, you're getting harder. As the day wore on, I noticed I was starting to get really, really uncomfortable with this conversation and how it had gone down. And I had this like, you know, the sentence in my head would have been, I'm in trouble. I've done something wrong and I'm in trouble. So what I do when I have a sense like that is I question it. If I did do something wrong, what was it? And am I in trouble? And if I am in trouble, what does trouble mean? So when I asked myself those questions, I realized that what I had done that was wrong was I had gone off script. I did not give that person the response they expected that other people do give them regularly. And I know that I had gone off script. Was this wrong? And what I want to say to you is when I'm challenging my own 
thoughts and like thinking about myself in this way, I find it sometimes really difficult to opine on myself because when I'm in that kind of, you know, oh my God, I've done something wrong, I'm in trouble. I, I believe that that's true for a second. So what I do is I imagine that somebody else that I know and like and respect is telling me this. So I imagine that my friend who I had in mind and I like her and respect her very much, what, I, what would I think if she was telling me the exact same fact pattern? What would I say to her? And what I came really clearly was, I would say, you said exactly the right thing and that was hard. And I know why you're feeling uncomfortable because you've been conditioned to be a good girl just like me. But I would validate her for having broken away from the conditioning and to say what was the right thing, not only for her, but for the way systems work. So I kept kind of just having that conversation again and again, like the, the thought kept coming in, you've done something wrong. I kept answering it and the discomfort lasted most of the evening. And when I woke up the next morning, it was almost gone. And I'm telling you this story so you understand why it is we play the roles we do, why it is we laugh at that stupid joke that the most senior person in the room said, because we perceive it's safe. It's safe to keep that person on side. It's safe not to rock the boat. Staying on scripts we're well-versed in, even when we know they're absolute BS, is something our brains are guiding us to do for safety because when we've been conditioned to do them and then we stop doing them, our brain literally believes we have put ourselves in danger. So on the day when I departed from the script, that recent time that I'm telling you about, and chose not to play the role and instead have a conversation as I think adults should have conversations and be able to as conversations, have conversations as adults, I felt a sense of danger on the back end. This is how deep the conditioning goes. Only by sticking with the questions and asking myself, did you do something wrong? What would you be telling somebody else who had done these things that you knew where she was coming from, what her intention or tone was? Did I really do something wrong? Only by kind of staying there in that messy discomfort, could I let it dissolve and recognize what was happening to me, which was that conditioning was getting broken down. So I am not suggesting that you go into the office tomorrow and blow everything up and give your man telling the stupid joke, middle finger and leave meetings and all. I am not saying that at all. I'm saying the process of dropping the roles we play and the way we do things, it's a series of baby steps. And where I would recommend you start like me is by looking at how you use time. I think it's the most compelling one for every mother. And I suspect also time is your scarcest resource. So look at where you're wasting time. Why are you wasting time? How does it make you feel in the back end? Is it that you feel diminished, smaller, less worthy of what it is you think other people might think of you? This is imposter syndrome and you start to solve it with baby steps. So what I do want to say at this stage is, is working with a coach, so me or another mindset coach who understands how this is, is enormously helpful as a process of unwinding these patterns. So looking at your behavior, going back and thinking, what was I thinking that made me behave that way? Challenging those beliefs that are driving the behavior, really, really helpful. You can do it alone. I think most people don't do it alone because it's difficult to really, like I was saying to you, like that whole piece of, did I do something wrong? It's very difficult to see our behavior in isolation. 
without zooming out or having somebody else look at it or be able to like imagine ourselves looking at it from a perspective. So in September, I'm going to be taking on some new clients. If you have been thinking about working with me or you want to talk about, about working to me, about working with me, send me an email to hello at onyamorgan.com. So H-E-L-L-O at A-I-N-E-M-O-R-G-A-N.com. And just say you'd like to set up a schedule. Uh, you'd like to schedule a time to speak. And there's no obligation. I typically work with people for eight weeks at a time. 997 euros is eight calls. And if you feel like this could be you, let me know and we'll schedule a time to speak with no obligation, no, no pushiness, just that you find out what it is that I would be offering you as a way to help you work through where you are now. And I tell you if I think I could help you. So that's it for this week. We a bit longer than normal, but um, I've been trying to organize these particular thoughts and imposter syndrome in a way that could be useful and helpful. And I hope it has been. And as always, any questions, hit me an email, let me know where you are and thinking about it. And I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, I want to invite you to click subscribe so that you hear any future episodes of this podcast as they drop. Also, if you heard me say something today that you think would help another woman that you know, then please be sure to share that podcast with her and I'm sure she will be so thankful. Speak soon.